Hey, creative, if you love the show and it has meant a lot to you, could you do me a favor? Would you share it with somebody that you care about? Your friend, your mom, your lover, whoever it is, because podcasts really are spread person to person. And I don't know about you, but the ultimate influencers in my life are my friends and family. So if all of you could share the podcast with just one person, it would make a massive difference in our creative community, grow it, and we can all help support and lift each other up and get toward our dreams even faster. So please, if you have time today and you feel so compelled, share the show with a friend. Oh, also, if you have time, feel free to like pop on over to Apple and leave it a rating and review and a rating on Spotify. Okay. Love you. Do you want everyone to like you? Is there something you really want to do or say, but you have a fear of pissing people off or getting judged? I get it. Being a people pleaser is something I really struggle with, but we have to realize that the people pleasing instinct is the enemy of authenticity. Today's guest definitely gets that, and she's here to talk about how to move past the fear of what others think of you to become the superstar you truly are. She will share how she's done it and how you can do it too. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Creative with Lauren LaGrasso. I'm Lauren LaGrasso. I'm an award-winning podcast host and producer, singer-songwriter, and multi-passionate creative, and this show is meant to give you tools to love, trust, and know yourself enough to claim your right to creativity and pursue whatever it is that's on your heart. Today's guest is LaToya Cooper. She's an MBA, Amazon bestselling author, singer-songwriter, business coach, TikToker, and podcaster. LaToya is best known for her business strategy company, Think Pink Persona, her TikTok with nearly 150,000 followers, and for being featured on Essence.com as the artist to watch. I actually had LaToya on the show during the pandemic in 2020, and we talked about her incredible story of singing again after taking a 10-year break and starting her business. LaToya is back today to talk about her evolution since then. From leaving her corporate job, to getting over her fear of pissing people off, to growing a massive TikTok following and becoming a best-selling author, it is truly incredible to see what happens when someone takes a leap and steps into their full selves, and she has done exactly that. From today's chat, you'll learn how to put trust in the universe and leap, the power of sharing your story, why you must learn to say no to what doesn't serve you, how to find your ideal customer or audience, of course, letting go of the fear of pissing people off, and so much more. Now here she is, the incredible LaToya Cooper. LaToya, you and I have known each other now for three years. We first met in 2020 when I did your podcast. Then you came on my podcast. You were kind of in the beginning of your business back then. And we were talking before we started how proud we are of each other. But I'm so proud of you because I have never in my life seen somebody publicly transform in such a profound and positive and inspiring way. It was like you stepped out and said, hey world, here I am. I'm not going to hold back at all anymore with your content, your energy, your look, your confidence. And it has been truly inspiring to watch. So last time you were here, you were working on building out your brand, Music Meets the Boardroom, which I know has shifted. You were still at a corporate job. You did not have pink hair. (laughs) Red now, I guess. Tell me how you unleashed your power and got from where you were then to where you are now. Thank you for that question. First, I want to say thank you for your kind words and your graciousness with my podcast because you were my first guest and I was so nervous. I didn't know what I was doing. 
And you shared so much wisdom and tips. And I remember at first I was like, I don't want to do any of that. That's too much. And I later incorporated a lot of what you recommended and my podcast started growing, but I've since put that podcast on hold. But when I was growing it out, it made a huge difference based on what you shared with me. So thank you for oh, that. I'm so happy to hear that. I just submitted to life. Mm. I had no choice. I had no choice. It was either submit to life or I really didn't know what tomorrow was going to be for me. When I met you, I was sick, but I didn't know that I was sick. I knew something was wrong. I just didn't know what it was. And now I realize that my diagnosis and what I was struggling with really was brought on more than likely from the fact that I was not listening to my body. I was living life, moving through life the way that I was supposed to, according to whomever. And we talked about that, how I was struggling with that so much. And I just got to a point where it was like, okay, I get it. I hear you. You've been tapping on my shoulder for years. And the moment that I got it was the moment I realized a couple of different things. One is that the universe is always working in our best interest. Even when things happen to us that we don't think the universe is working on our best interest, it really is. It's because we haven't moved when we were supposed to move. And the universe is saying, hey, I want to get you into alignment and you're either going to go willingly or I'm going to force you into alignment. And I have decided in my life that I'm going to go with the flow and the current of life and energy and water. I look at it like floating on water mm. on a river. There's some times where the water's going to be really smooth and relaxing. And then there's sometimes you're going to hit some really hard waves, but you're still moving in the right direction. And so when I got that, I got it. And so I said, let's go, let's rock and roll. Let's do this thing. <laughs> so what were the signs? Because you had been gearing up for a long time to do this business. You had your MBA, you had made other people millions of dollars. I rarely meet people, other coaches who want to see people shine as much as you do. I mean, just down to the fact that you like call all your, I don't know if you still do this, but back then you were calling everybody superstars. Like you really want to see people shine. You were coming from a pure place but there was something holding you back. What made you move? What was the final moment? Out of everything, I think it was overcoming the fear of death. Wow. Yeah, when I no longer was afraid to die, I was like, okay, let's do this. It just makes you live when you just overcome that fear. And of course, we're all gonna die, right? And I realized that when I leave this earth, I don't wanna come back. I wanna leave this earth empty. I wanna leave everything here that I possibly can. And embrace the next experience and level of my spirit's journey. And I knew in order for that to happen, I had to let go and I had to allow my life to be what it was supposed to be. I also realized that much of how we are instructed to live our life around social norms is designed around the guidance of a man, an old man that's wrinkled up and dead. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like he's not here anymore. And we're all living our life according to these guidelines that are human made. And so I want to live just on a spiritual level and become one with the sun and become one with the moon and become one with the earth and just absorb what that feels like, because that's really what we're here to do. So was that through getting sick? Was it just a feeling you had? Like, did you know you were sick at this time you released your fear of death? Overcoming the fear of death was after my diagnosis. But I think that letting go shift was deep down inside subconsciously, I may have known that I was sick. Yeah. Like I said, I was aware that something was happening. And I think I was afraid that if I didn't move now, I probably would not be able to. 
And in that moment, I realized that I was going to move whether I was sick or not, regardless of what was happening. I didn't care. And there was a moment in time in my life where I was sitting down at work and I just had this kind of voice come over me saying, it's time to go. And I remember having a conversation with myself in that cubicle saying, I can't do this. <laughs> I'm not going nowhere. I can't do this. I'm 37 years old. I've spent 10 years in this career. I hit six figures. It took me, you know, several years to get there. And I was like, I don't want to start over. And here I am. Here I am, the best decision I could have made. I'm not afraid. I have been cared for beyond measure, mm. more than I could ever ask for. I was thinking the other day, I was like, how do I write this down? Like, how do I write all these testimonies down? Another thing that reassured me was the fact that over the years, I've been talking about taking this leap of faith and everyone was pulling me back, including my parents. They were just, don't do this, don't do this. And when I said, fuck it, you know, I'm doing this shit. <laughs> And I didn't tell them, but somehow they found out. And that day, that moment, they became my biggest cheerleaders. I didn't even tell them. They were so happy and they were so proud. My dad was so proud. It was fascinating. I was like, where did this come from? Where was this <laughs> 10 years ago? My mom, she comes and fills up my refrigerator with food. Oh. And I don't even ask her. She just does it. You know, my dad, he's so excited. You can come over and share good news with him. He gets excited. It's just nice to have them in my corner. Well, it's everything. And I almost feel like you releasing the need for their approval was what allowed them to finally approve. Interesting. Why does it have to work that way? I was so confused. I was baffled. I was like, <laughs> where was this years ago? <laughs> I don't know. My dad is the same way. My mom is like almost too supportive. I'm like, you need to cool your jets. Like I need a plan. I can't just like jump into the abyss. But she just really believes me. And I think that's beautiful. But my dad, you know, he's first generation Italian. There's a lot of fear in that. And I feel like that trickles down to me in ways that I don't even understand. And so I think if I show a crack, like in my foundation of confidence, it really freaks him out. And then he wants to protect me and tell me to stay small because he knows that's safe. And I'm sure it's mm -hmm. similar with your parents where obviously there's a lot of fear and you have gone out, you've gotten your MBA, you had a six figure job. Like there's so much pride in that, but there's also fear in losing it. The minute you said, I'm not afraid, I have faith. I'm not even afraid of death. Mm -hmm. How could your parents be scared for you? Because you're taking everything that they've taught you and using that as your foundation to build. Yeah. It came from somewhere. I don't know. It came from somewhere, you know. Well, God, too. I know that you have such yeah. an incredible relationship with God. I remember last time when you came on, we talked about how you didn't sing for literally 10 years. And then God told you to sing. And I was like, wait, God told you? How did that happen? I remember that. <laughs> I was truly baffled. I asked you like 15 times. Wait, God told you? Tell me more. Tell me more. So how has God's voice been instrumental in paving this path you're on? And how has your faith built throughout what you're doing? Oh, man. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. I'm ready to ask you a million more questions, too. <laughs> so much has shifted. I have really been working to deconstruct my perspective around Christianity and to get more connected with my ancestors and more in touch with more of my African roots and things like that. That's so important to me. So it's interesting because there was a shift around probably a little bit after we spoke during the pandemic and I had this realization and something opened up for me that said, hey, take a step back from some elements and look at this from a different perspective. Now, my relationship with God is still there, but some of the things that I probably 
would implement in my life or have perspective around or beliefs around has really kind of changed quite a bit. Mm. So, you know, we all evolve. Yeah. How have you dealt with that shedding and rebirth of your faith? How has it been peeling back the layers? Because I mean, I relate. I grew up Catholic and I disagree with many tenets of Catholicism. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love Mother Mary and I love Jesus and I love God. But I also have been like looking back into like, what did Sicilian people practice before the Romans came in and conquered us? You exactly. Know? And I think it's interesting that like Sicilian people were very into mysticism and like actually tarot cards were invented in Sicily and originated there. So it's, I really relate to what you're saying of going back to your ancestors and going back to your roots and figuring out what did we hold true before people came in and said, no, our way is better. Kind of the same way you're like reframing what is success, not based on what some like old wrinkled white guy thought, you know, in the 1800s. And instead what you as a strong, powerful black woman feels and thinks now. Yes, exactly. What has that shedding been like? And what are you finding in your newfound faith? It has been easy in the sense of, I have no fear of what people think about me. I care less, but it has been challenging in the sense that I'm having to learn, I'm having to study and I'm having to step back a lot at just how I operate my life day to day. Where did this come from? Why do I do this? Mm. And dissecting that. I think the hardest part for me has been watching other people reinforce things that they don't realize that they don't necessarily agree with. But it's just habit of life and society. You know, subconsciously, you don't even realize that you're doing something that really hurts you. And there's moments you have to step back and reevaluate yourself. And I do that at times. I'm like, okay, I said that, but whoa, let me rephrase that a little bit, you know? And then I go back and I look at some of my journals and what I wrote. And I'm like, oh Lord, did I write that? Do you ever have moments like that where you oh look back gosh. at some things you've written and like, what the heck was that? It's so embarrassing. I actually was just reading my seventh grade journal. It's really funny in a lot of ways, <laughs> but even things that I wrote three years ago, it's like, wow, how much we evolve in such a short span of time. Mm -hmm. Very, very much so. What did it feel like when you finally stepped forward and stepped to the plate? Like, what did it feel like in your body when you're like, okay, I'm doing this. It's happening. And how has it evolved from then to now? I feel more free and confident. And you know what? I want to kind of, I know you're asking me a question, but I want to dissect your question. Please, I'm going to tell you why. Tell me. Because you're asking the same questions I was asking when I was right there and ready to make a shift. And I can tell like, you're like, you're asking me, but you're really kind of like, I kind of need this too. You know, oh I, I, hear this, I was asking the same questions. So you're there. It's really pieces of so many different things. You don't even realize that it's happening. Much of what you're doing right now, much of what I was doing back then before that leap of faith was preparing me for the leap of faith, but I had no clue. I was literally just having fun. I was doing what I was doing, not knowing that all that experience was going to be what carries me into this phase of my life and helps me sustain this phase of my life. A perfect example would be years ago, I managed bands. Mm. And didn't think that was going to help me maintain and manage a business later on, but it has been like part of my foundational elements. So it really just kind of comes together and you really don't even know, you don't even realize what's happening until it happens. But if you feel something in your heart and your inner compass, that's my thing. I love to say that always, 
your inner compass is like trying to guide you, just trust that. And if something's tapping on your shoulder saying, hey, there's something more for me, trust that because it is. Yeah. And I remember when we talked, because we did talk right after you decided to quit your full-time job and go after your business. And you said you did a couple of things to set yourself up for success. Would you share some of those things that you did? Like, I remember you said you bought year-long subscriptions for certain things, things like that. Yes. One is I saved up a lot of money, but it was kind of an accident. Once again, the things you don't even know is preparing you. It was a complete accident. And before I mentioned some of the other things, I was afraid because we're told like, if you don't have a nine to five, you just cannot survive. Like it's yeah. just not an option for you. And I realized that that wasn't true after I left. I was like, that's not true. <laughs> but I had saved up all this money over the years. And also I did subscribe to things that I knew that I was going to need in my business, you know, at least for that first year. I think I may have went a little overboard with that. <laughs> I overprepared a little yeah. bit because some of the stuff I really didn't need. And you don't really know exactly what you're going to need until you get into the space, right? I kind of right. was like pre-predicting that type of thing. But some things I did, like making sure I was able to pay certain bills up in advance or different things like that, making sure that I could afford my rent or my mortgage, regardless of what position I'm in, whether something happens and I end up working at McDonald's, which nothing's wrong with that. It's a great job. But if it's a lower paying job, I don't lose my house or I don't lose my apartment. So that was something that I did plan out. Healthcare, how was I going to take care of myself if I had an emergency? Those type of things I did think about and strategized around for the most part and just some basic needs I needed to operate my business around the functionality. Other than that, that was pretty much it. So can we talk about what exactly you're doing now? Because I know we shifted from Music Meets the Boardroom to now A-list business strategist. And now you even have this new website, The Pink Persona. So tell me about these shifts and how you've made them and what you're up to right now. Yes. So when I had my leap of faith, I came out the door with Music Meets the Boardroom, which I still plan to do something around that name later on. But I shifted. The reason I shifted is because even though I was speaking to and working with a lot of artists, once I got on TikTok and was sharing information, everybody started coming regardless of being in music or not. And what happened was most of my clients were not in the music space at all. So it really didn't make sense for me to continue to market around music when everybody was coming my way. So then I renamed my business Think Pink Persona, which makes sense because of the fact that even though people were coming to me for particular things, we often had to go work on some of their foundational elements. And it was mainly around their bio persona and their customer, which basically is a really intricate part and important to building out every part of your business. And so now that's what I specialize in in helping people work through that. Most of the clients that I have, they have businesses. They're struggling in it and somehow, you know, I'm not getting enough sales. I'm not getting enough website hits and things like that. And that lets me know, hey, you're not connecting with your customer. So we got to figure out what's going on with that. And so I decided to specialize in that. I absolutely love it. Love it so much. And it's something that you can help with artists or any industry whatsoever. Actually, to be honest with you, it is the biggest problem that artists have. Not connecting with their fan not able to build that fan base. And that is because they don't understand the fan or how to create music that connects with the fan or to build a brand that connects with the fan or how to speak the fan's language, right? Or to build a movement that the fan is gonna wanna be a part of. These are things I had to learn myself. But then once I understood them, I fell in love with it. And now I love to teach other people how to do it. 
So let's talk about that because it's something you really emphasize on your TikTok is figure out who you want to talk to. If you're talking to everybody, you're talking to nobody, find the person you want to talk to. Maybe even use your example. Like how did you figure out who you wanted to talk to and how can somebody else figure that out as well? I just went out the gate sharing all kinds of information. And I looked at what people was resonating towards and what they were asking questions about. And then I looked at the patterns with my clients and the commonality that was happening within my clients. And then that's how I was able to kind of pinpoint a few things and figure out exactly what I needed to do. But before I even got to that point, I did have an idea of who I wanted to connect with and who I wanted to serve. But even when I was working more with the Music Music Boardroom, I still had an idea of who that person was. That person per se hasn't necessarily changed in terms of what she wants and her basic values and her educational background and her economic income. Those things haven't changed. But in terms of the industry that I speak to. And then one thing that I thought was so interesting on there and which makes so much sense why you've just broadened because the things that you teach are really universal for anyone trying to create a business or a brand. But you talk about how you have to share your story. And if you don't share your story, it's hard for people to buy into your products, your music, whatever it is, because they don't know who you are. They don't know why they should care about you. Tell me why the story is so important and how do you start sharing your story? Yes, the story is very important. And I struggle with that too at times with sharing more of my story. So I understand the struggle that other people have as well, but it helps to build that personal connection, that human connection. And other people in the world are going through the same things. And it's what brings us together. It builds that empathy, that emotional kind of vulnerability. And it's just so beautiful. And the clients that I have that are in music, I always talk about this. And this is really hard for us as artists. I'm not quite sure why. Yeah. And you may have some insight on that. But even with clients, it's very hard for them to lead with their story. They want to lead with their music, which I completely understand. You spent months around the music, money on the music. That's all that matters to you in that moment. But in order to brighten your opportunities and to get people to actually listen to you, you're going to have to lead with your story. Yeah. It's almost like the music is a shield. Mm -hmm. While it is vulnerable because you're writing typically about your own life experience, but it's so much more vulnerable when somebody says, tell me about yourself. Like nothing makes mm -hmm. me sweat more than when somebody says that phrase to me. There's something chill inducing about it. Because maybe sometimes we don't know our own story, or if we do know it, we don't believe in our own story, or if we do believe in it, we don't think anyone else will believe in it. How have you learned to know, tell, believe, and trust in your own story? I think for me, it's just being present and vulnerable in that for me and just saying, you know, this is what it is. I trust my walk. One thing that I have learned about myself that I didn't connect is I love silence. I love to be in silence. And what I realized that is, is I love to be in meditation because I can hear and I can see as a result of that. And it makes me more confident in my walk and in my journey. That is a non-conventional walk and journey. Mm. And so to trust and to believe because I can hear and because I can see, I do believe in my story and what it is. So we'll see. We'll see how this goes and how this ends. It's going to be fun. It's an experience. You know, life is an experience. How have you learned to have fun with it? You know, because you're someone who is so driven. You're someone who is such a planner. How have you learned to find joy and fun 
in the unknown and in the experience. You said it, the unknown. I'm an Aries too. Wait, when's your birthday? April 3rd. I think also being an Aries plays a big part. We love risk. And so not knowing what's down the alley kind of thrills us a little bit. Like, let's go down the dark alley and see what's down, you know? Yeah, so it kind of works a little bit. So speaking of Aries, I mean, we talked about in the beginning, what I see is like this amazing physical transformation, this transformation that reflects who you are on the inside, this fiery soul that you have. How can making a physical change, like dyeing your hair pink or red, bold makeup and clothes, lead to the changes you're trying to make in your life? How did representing who you are and who you want to be in the world with your physicality affect those more spiritual, emotional changes? Letting go, challenging norms, challenging rules, and allowing yourself to be who you are. A friend of mine, and I mention him every chance that I get, his name is Damon K. Clark. And I had a conversation with him. And at this time, I was still working at my job. And I was telling him how I wanted to have the pink hair. And I wanted to express myself more through my clothing and stuff. And I was having a hard time holding back in that everyday workspace. And he said, don't be yourself because you may be the only bit of creativity that people get to see in that day, in that week. And it helps us kind of step out of like what's happening. It kind of jilts us a little bit when we see that and it makes us think and it brings us to life. And another thing I noticed is people kind of live through you a little bit. They want to be free like that. They want to color their hair pink or purple. And when you do it, you can see their eyes light up a little bit. And, you know, they lean over and whisper like, I really like your hair. You yeah. know, they just come to life. And that's what it's about for me. I like walking in the room and kind of like mixing up the energy a little bit. It's kind of fun. Well, also just the way you now are on your TikTok, like it inspires me so much because, yes, you have this softer, sweet side to you, too. But you have this fire in you that I never saw prior to this part of your life, at least online. And it inspires me so much to see somebody who is like, yeah, I'm taking up space. Here's what's going on. Let me tell you what's happening in this specific situation with this specific business. And I'm going to explain how you can do it too. Seeing you come out and have that confidence and be so bold, it has been inspiring to me to want to step forward and do the same thing. Do you get a lot of feedback about that? Yes. I see it within my TikTok followers. They're sharing, they're posting, and it inspires me so much. It reassures me that I am on the right path when I see other people moving with confidence. And I love that. It fills my heart. It fills my soul to see people just in a state of joy, sharing. I love it so much. And one thing that I love that you've talked about a lot is you can't be afraid to piss people off. Just you being who you are, if you're being authentically yourself, is for whatever reason going to make some people mad. And I think that's something that a lot of us struggle with when we're trying to unleash creatively, put ourselves out there, create content, whatever it is. We're so afraid of what people will think of us that we end up shrinking. If somebody's mm -hmm. in that state right now, how can they get over that, get over the fear of being disliked and go toward themselves? I think it starts with self-awareness. Because sometimes we don't even realize that we're holding ourselves back, why we're holding ourselves back, and what's contributing to why we're holding ourselves back. This is a commonality that I have with just about every single female client that I have. This right here. Having a hard time and difficulty connecting with their fan, their customer, their client, 
because they are afraid of leaving someone out or hurting Mm. someone's feelings or what someone might say about what they're doing. And you just kind of have to get to the point where you just don't give a fuck. My dad's New Year's resolution was not giving a fuck. And I had him write it down and put it on his wall. Yes, dad. Yeah. And every time he says something like, well, what does the neighbors think? And I'm like, dad, where's your goals for the year? And he says, it's on my wall. I'm like, well, what does it say? Not giving a fuck. And I'm like, all right, that's what we're going to do today. You know, (laughs) that's where it starts. And also when you look at historically all the women who have come before us and has made great impact, if you notice the one thing they have in common is they all got over the fear of pissing people off. Yeah. In order to make great change and great impact, that is just what comes with the territory. You look at women today who are making great, successful decisions, same thing. And getting over the fear of pissing people off doesn't have to be something that's mean. You don't have to walk out. I'm like, you know, I'm pissing you off today. Like, it doesn't <laughs> have to be like that. It's subtle things. Like you said, being yourself, walking in the room with pink hair or, you know, whatever that might be for you that kind of mixes up the energy in the room is going to piss people off and finding your community and speaking directly to your community in a very connective, unapologetic way, sharing opinions and thoughts that you share, regardless of who else thinks what they think, that's Mm -hmm. not part of that community. And that's the way you have to be in order to build a successful community, to build a successful business or brand. You are the voice. And I stress this so much with my clients. You are the voice for that community. They need to know you have their back. Mm. And if you're not solid in what you believe, then they're not going to lean on you. That's beautiful. And thank you for sharing that advice. I mean, you're killing the game on TikTok. You really were an adopter that got it quickly. You figured out who your people were. You were fined and you've grown. I've been stumped by the app. I feel very stumped by it. I've been watching your TikToks and reading your advice in the comments, but I don't get it. And do you have any advice for people like me who are just stumped and don't know how to share in the way you've shared or haven't figured it out? Oh my goodness. You would be a TikTok star. Easy, (laughs) easy, easy, easy because of your personality. I think that just giving them more of your personality, like you off camera is what TikTok needs. Yeah. And they're going to eat you up. I think just kind of the Instagram aesthetic kind of holds us back. And when you get over to TikTok, you have to literally take that off and just be. The best way to look at TikTok is a bunch of people who live in a house having a conversation. And think about how it is living in a house with people. It is the most interesting, crazy experience. And you have to just let that kind of like flow. That's what it is. We're in the house having these interesting, fun moments and debatable conversations while, you know, shaving your legs. (laughs) I did that right before our session. Perfect. TikTok. Perfect. I'm going to put it on TikTok next time. Got (laughs) to let the hair grow. Only take till this afternoon since I'm Italian. (laughs) Wait. So like, I want to know too, because you have so many good ideas and somehow you find a way of never repeating the same idea. Like you'll do a version of it, but it's always different. Where do you get your ideas? Like, how do you generate content? Do you spend a day thinking about, okay, I want to do this series and I'm going to do four videos on it. What is your method for generating content? Most of the time it's around the patterns and issues I'm seeing with my clients Mm. 
or potential clients or some of the questions that are coming up that are of concern, or also what I'm experiencing in my business, any challenges that I'm experiencing, anything that's a win I'll share and things like that. Or also if I'm seeing some patterns that are coming down the pipeline in industry, financially, socially, economically, that will impact a startup business of some sort, I'll share those type of insights as well. That's great. So just looking at things that you're genuinely interested in that are coming up in your life, things that you think might be coming down the pipeline, and then sharing that from that super authentic place. Exactly. Exactly. I will share also, because I am kind of a very strategic person. Extremely. (laughs) (laughs) What I noticed on TikTok is every three to six months, there's a shift. So sometimes that's why it's so hard to kind of figure out like what the heck is going on on TikTok because the way people like to see their content changes every three to six months. They get bored, Mm. okay? So let's say, for example, you have a viral video where you are shaving your legs, right? And it's going mega viral. So you keep shaving your legs. You're shaving in the living room. You're shaving in the bathroom. You're shaving it on the porch. You're doing all kinds of stuff. And then after like three months, you see it kind of die down. Now you know, okay, they're tired of seeing this or this delivery. So I need to either add something or shift something, but I need to surprise them again. And so that's what I noticed the TikTok crowd needs. And this is something a lot of people struggle with. I'll see people who will grow to hundreds, thousands, millions of people in six months, they go completely almost to the beginning again, and they don't understand why. And then they're like, oh, TikTok banned me. No, they didn't ban you. People are tired of looking at your shit. All right. So like, (laughs) just mix it up. Yeah. I love it when you get real like that. <laughs> yeah, that kind of happened. Like after I had my relapse, I literally was like using every other word was profanity after I had my relapse. I'm so proud of you because I feel like last time you were really censoring yourself, like last time we talked, I love that you say fuck now with reckless abandon. Like let's keep it see for me, swearing is so great because as long as you're not swearing at someone. What's wrong with it? It's just sometimes it's the best way to express yourself. And I think so many people get upset around words that don't hurt anyone else. And yet people are slinging words that hurt other people all the time. And everyone's like, oh, it's fine. It's not a swear word. Yeah. Somebody in the comments called me like a heifer or something this morning. And I was like, okay, now let me. I'm going to go fight them. You know, it's a reality check because when you start. When you start really having like mega viral videos, people will like really come for you. I have been tagged and caught all kind of bees, hoes, heifers, like just a video. Like, yeah, crazy. It is the most fascinating thing. <laughs> I know you really are somebody who you're standing in your power. You're not going to shut down just because someone does that. But that does sting a little bit when you see something like that, right? Like, especially if no, it's- not really. <laughs> wow. Okay. So how are you immune? Like, how can we get this inoculation that you have against these negative comments? It's a combination of two things. One is when you are ready for something, you'll know. Mm. If you're ready for more eyes to be on you and you can handle what comes with that, okay, that's what comes with it. And I was aware of that. I also think that because I have grown into a space where I don't care about pissing people off and I know what comes with that, backlash comes with that. And I've had some time to build some thick skin moving in a direction that is not conventional and what Mm -hmm. comes with that. I'm also not married and don't have kids and I'm 41 years old. Think about what that's been like over the last 10, 20 years. You're not married. Why are you not married? You're selfish. What's wrong with you? Like, After a while, you just become immune to all of it. And so it doesn't even matter to me anymore. So I want to talk about that because 
there's so much emphasis in our culture on youth, especially you come from the music business, you know, in our business, in that business, it's extremely geared toward youth. And I think there's something so powerful about stepping into yourself in your 30s and beyond. You know who you are. Your brain's fully developed. You've been through your Saturn return, you know. (laughs) There's so many reasons why it's a profound time to start something. What are the benefits of starting a business or an artistic endeavor or anything creative in your 30s and beyond? Being true to yourself, whatever that looks like. If that is going outside and tying yourself up around a tree and sitting there for 15 minutes every day, if that's whatever, whatever floats your boat, just do it. I don't care. But I've always been like that too and created space for other people in that way. And I think that goes back to the conversation of everyone's my superstar and I'm your biggest cheerleader. And that's true. I genuinely mean that. You know, we're all walking individual journeys. Some of us are walking them together with someone else and some of us are walking them alone. But just creating space for what that looks like Mm. and what you know is true to you. I think it's so important. And that's why you see people who have such big shifts when they get older. It's like at some point they kind of blow up and they just kind of say, I can't live in this bubble anymore. Yeah, they blow up the bubble and they're like, let me get Mm -hmm. out. I think another powerful thing about getting older is that you're more comfortable with setting boundaries and saying no. And this is a huge pillar of what you teach on TikTok, in your personal coaching, everywhere, is the power of saying no. What is the power of saying no? How do we know when it's a no for us? I think it helps when you have a clear intention. What is the end goal? Is it to have more love? Is it to have more peace? Is it to have more money? Whatever that might be. And it becomes easier to say no when you are clear about where you're going, what that intention is. And then you can look at everything that comes your way and run it through that lens. Is this helping me stay on the right path to what I want? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, No. No. That's for someone else. Makes it a little easier to kind of pass on things and have clarity. I have learned that we should be saying no way more than we say yes. Mm. No should be your best friend. When you've been a yes person, it's so hard because, especially in artist-facing entities, you feel like, oh, what's going to happen if I say no to this opportunity? But you gave an example on your TikTok that I thought was so brilliant. You're like, okay, if you want to be a gospel singer, but you go on this music competition to become a jazz singer, and then you win, you're pigeonholed into being this jazz singer. You don't want to do it, but it might be really hard for you to create a new opportunity as a gospel singer. So I thought that Mm -hmm. was a really brilliant example because a yes in the wrong setting is a no to your soul. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And there's been many artists who've shared that very scenario where they just wanted to sing. And so they were entering everything and showing up everywhere. And next thing you know, they became successful around a genre they really didn't have a passion for. And now they're stuck in that genre. And that can be in any area of our life or any industry, saying yes to an opportunity or career that you know you don't have the heart for. And you looked down 20 years later and you're still there. And you're like, I had no intention of staying here. This was just for a dollar, you know? And sometimes you got to pass on things that do offer a lot of money. There's brands that reach out to me all the time. And they want to pay me to post certain things on my page. And I say, no, 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 probably like 99% of the time, because it's not in line with where I'm going. And I value the trust of my followers. Mm. 
so much that I would not put anything in front of them that is not going to be of value to what it is they follow me for. You are a singer and you have an incredible voice. I went back to the top of your TikTok this morning. I saw that and I was like, oh, Lord, uh, what's going to happen? Because I wanted to see the evolution. I wanted to make sure I wasn't making up how drastic this like stepping out was. And I wasn't. I mean, you've always had that same beautiful, bright, sunshiny belief and soul for people. But just the way you've become more yourself has been really inspiring. But I saw this video of you singing and I reposted it because it was just so inspiring to hear you sing. I know you went 10 years without singing. Then you started singing again. What part is singing in your life, in your business, in your world now? What I love about where music is for me is now I actually get to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. I feel like I don't have the pressure on me for it to show up in a particular way or anything like that. Now I can sing when I feel good when I want to share it. And I like that. I really enjoy that. I like taking the pressure off of music. And you talked a lot about vision and values. I heard you on your TikTok talk a lot about a business plan. Now, this idea has always freaked me out because I'm like, how can I know what's coming up? I don't know what's going to happen. But tell me why you believe business plans are so important and if you have any advice for listeners on how to start one. Yes, it is important to have a business plan because you need a reference to go back to, to make sure you're on track because there's things that can happen every day that can throw you off track and you don't even know it. Next, you know, you look up and you're three blocks away from the anchor. Okay. So the best way to start your business plan is really to get clear about Who's going to be your customer, your client, or your fan? It goes back to this. Oftentimes you will meet people who will draft you out a business plan and will never once ask you about who you're serving or who you're connecting with. And you might as well just throw that business plan out the window. That is another reason why people create business plans and they never look at them because there's no connection there. It's like, okay, I got it. But then what do I do with this? I'm out here, you know, and then you find yourself kind of like scrambling. You don't understand. You got this plan, but it don't work. There's no connection. So the best thing to do is figure out, okay, who is this fan that I would love to connect with? This fan should be your dream fan. It should be someone that you just can talk to all day long. You can learn from each other, connect, smile with, because you're going to spend so much time with this person. Once you figure out who that person is, then you can build out that business plan. How do I want to market to this person? How do I want to connect with them? What do I want to offer them? What type of action do I want them to take? What type of movement do I want to build with this person? And then think about that. That makes the business plan look so simple now. Instead yeah. of like, okay, I need to come up with a mission. No, what movement do I want to build in partnership with this person? That's a beautiful outlook. Now it gets fun. And then now you can create that business plan. I will also share with you a one-page business plan will be easily effective. Nowadays, things are moving so fast. These long 15-page, 20-page, 30-page business plans, by the time you get to page five, industry has changed in some form or fashion. So just starting out with a one-pager, it ends up being like maybe three pages or something like that yeah. in big, bold, 15, 25 font or something. But at least you have something yeah. that kind of will guide you. And every artist needs to have one too. Yes. Well, because that's a big part of what you teach is artists are also entrepreneurs and yes. you have to approach your art like a business. Okay. I want to talk about something that you're creating right now. I know you've written a very successful book. 
it charted on Amazon. It's had incredible accolades, but now you're creating a new book as well. Can you tell us a little bit about what this book will be about? What has the creative process been like? We want to hear it all. Yes. The book is going to be around getting over the fear of pissing people off. What exactly does that mean? And how it relates to your business and how to channel that energy in your business towards your success. That's what that is going to be about. And I'm excited to share it. I want to just take a step back to my first book. One thing that I did right with that first book is the title is slightly controversial. And because of that, the book sells on its own. So if anybody's watching this, don't be afraid. Once again, get over the fear of pissing people off and put that controversial title on that book. And can you state the title? What is the title? It was called Simple Method, Smart Decisions, a Safety Resource for Female Recording Artists. Mm -hmm. And I think because it was like a safety resource, it's like women's safety, which I found very interesting because before I released the book, I was afraid that men were going to attack me. I, that's what I was afraid of. I was like, man, we, why do women need a safety resource? Like I was just expecting that. And it was completely the opposite. Wow. The energy actually that I received that wasn't so great was actually from some women who hadn't even read the book. Like they were just like, I'm not reading it because I don't agree with the title. All men are not bad. And I didn't even say you that. You didn't like, say that. But also, guess what? We have needed safety in this industry. Like absolutely. I know your book is a lot more than just the physical safety, but physical safety is something that has held women back from getting what they should get in this industry for a long time. So even if it was just that... We still need it. Right. And I was surprised that it was actually women who were pushing back. Yeah. They saw it as an attack on men. And like I said, they hadn't even read the book. <laughs> they were like, I'm not reading it. And I'm like, okay, all right. that's fine. <laughs> Thanks for the review. You just upped my algorithm. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So a controversial title that makes people kind of feel some sort of emotion will sell itself. That's a great tip. So for this one you have coming up, I think you said you're sharing more of your own personal story in it. Is that true? A little bit. Okay. A little bit. Not too much. I think I'm going to share around how I got to the point of why this book was so important and the personal impact and experience that I've had, but not too much in depth in some of my other parts of my life. I have a friend of mine who she's like, so you need to write a book about your life. And I was like, really? I, you know, no one knows me. And I was thinking about if I do that, I'm going to name it the story of nobody or something. I don't know, something crazy, something, <laughs> something that's like, okay, but it, people will still read it though, because they're like, what? Well, yeah, because like what you just said, if you have a naming convention, that's controversial, people will click. But it's interesting. Cause I was just watching a TikTok you did where you said, this girl was saying, well, I'm nobody. Why would anyone want to sign me? And you said that mm. broke your heart. It did. And yet, you're saying that now. And it's so untrue, first of all. You've impacted hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people at this point, because so many people have viewed your content, what you've done, your writings, your teachings. But nobody is nobody. We all have a story. Everybody's a superstar. The rising tide lifts all ships. And mm -hmm. that's what I love so much about who you are and how you show up in the world. I know there's a lot more people, but you're one of the few people that's getting attention who actually believes that and wants to help everyone see that. Mm, yeah. How can someone listening right now be a you out in the world, help somebody else see their own light, their own potential to step into who they really are? How can they be better advocates for other creatives out there? Being present, being true, 
and being okay with what happens. Let it go. Be true to you. Give what you know you need to give and let it go. And I've had to learn that. And there's moments where I will create content and I'm looking, I'm like, oh, what about this? And then after a while, I realize, just let it go, Latoya. Click, let it go. Let it be what it's supposed to be. That's it. <laughs> and not being so hard on ourselves. I know I say that, but I struggle with that too. I think it's just wanting people to accept us and feel a certain way. Now, let me say this about a month ago, I kind of pulled back a little bit because I started having friends that I had been friends with for years now following me on TikTok and had their opinions and thoughts. And it kind of paralyzed me a little bit. So people may be experiencing that as well. You know, once again, the fear of pissing people off. What are people going to think? How are they going to judge me? And I realized that I had to block them. I just had to block them. I could feel their energy. In order for me to be the best version of myself and to show up and to keep moving forward powerfully, I could not have that energy around me. So they don't get to experience this. And that's on them. If they come around, fine. But at this point, I've got to protect my energy and people should protect their energy as well. Did you energetically block them or did you literally block them on TikTok? I tried energetically blocking them. It didn't work. Mm. It still kind of was hovering over me. And then I went in there and I said, block, block, block. I love that. I think that that's such a good note, though, because so many of us will hold ourselves back, not even because of what the masses might think, but because of what one or two people might think. And so yep. to think, really go through your Rolodex and say, OK, is there anybody that when I post, I'm thinking about, oh, my God, what are they going to think about me? And if that's the case, if there's something you can do, whether it's blocking, muting, whatever it is to protect your energy and allow yourself to show up authentically, what a great example and note for how we can set ourselves up for success when we're holding ourselves back for a few. Right. It's actually a form of self-care. And being strategic as I am, I started doing some research on it. I was like, why do I feel this way? Like, what is this? And I came across some articles where people were talking about it. And it was like, this is a form of self-care to just protect your energy and space. And I was like, well, I never really looked at it that way. And after that, I was like, block, block, block. I was done. <laughs> it was a wrap for me. You know, if they call me or have something to say about it, I will have that conversation at that time. I have no problem with that, but I'm going to keep moving forward powerfully. I'm not going to let anybody stop me. That's my lady. All right, <laughs> Latoya, I could talk to you for a million hours. I am just so proud of you, inspired by you, blown away by you. I just am so grateful for how you show up in the world, who you are, how you support other people and how you've believed in yourself most of all, because that's the most important thing. The only reason you're able to go out there and believe in other people is because you took care of yourself first and believed in yourself first. So thank you for doing that. I want to know what is next for you? What are you excited about? What's on the plan for this coming year that you're just like, oh, so thrilled about? Well, I'm aiming higher and bigger. And I think there's going to be some breakthroughs. I wish I could share kind of what's coming up next, but I want to kind of protect that yeah. until it kind of fully manifests, but there's some things moving. I did go to a psychic like not too long ago. We didn't get to talk about that. Oh my gosh. Wait, tell me. <laughs> did you like it? Yes. And she actually was like on point about a few things. Okay. Oh, it was such an interesting experience, but she told me I was going to have some sort of like career breakthrough in March. And so it's like getting to the end of the March. And a couple of days ago, I did kind of, something came along that was like, oh, okay. It might be the shift she's talking about. So we'll see. I'll be able to share it 
probably in another week, I'll be able to share it. I'll share it on TikTok. Okay. Yeah. She said some interesting things. She said, I was a lesbian in a past lives and I was having a good old time. I was (laughs) knocking them down, honey. And I was like, oh, what? I was? What? And she's like, yes. And then she said, I would get married. And I was like, me? Okay. And then she's like, it was so funny. Her reaction was so interesting because she's sitting there and she's like channeling me or whatever. And she's like, he's not black. He's mixed. He's something else or something. I was like, okay. I'm like, all right, we're going to see it when we believe it. But, <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, interesting. It was so many different things that she shared and it was really a good experience. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I don't know why I did it. I just randomly woke up one day. I was like, I need to see a psychic. And I went. So, well, you've been trusting your intuition. So it makes sense. If you got told that message, you're like, okay, sure. Let's see what happens. I mean, I've done it a bunch of times. I think it's, it's fun. Sometimes I do get worried. I'm like, okay, is this happening because it's meant to happen or because they said it was going to happen? So then I manifested it. But if it's good things, I guess it doesn't really matter. You know? Yeah. I'll take it. (laughs) Yeah. You'll take it. So many beautiful things coming. I think you have an event coming up September. Yes. Every year we have a conference and it is growing in popularity and our keynote speakers in terms of who they are, are getting bigger and bigger in names. And I think this year we're going to have a really big name speaker. It's in the works. Stay tuned. Well, Toya, I think you're amazing. So grateful for you. And I'm just sending you tons of love as you continue to uplift and see other people out in the world and be yourself. Thank you for being who you are. Love you. Thank you. Love you too. And thank you so much. Thank you for listening. And thanks to my guest, LaToya Cooper. For more info on LaToya, follow her at think underscore pink underscore persona on Instagram and visit her TikTok at A-list business strategist. Also check out her website, thinkpinkpersona.com to learn more about her work and the Think Pink Power Conference. You can also find her book, Simple Methods, Smarter Decisions, Safety Resource for Female Recording Artists on Amazon or wherever good books are found. Thanks to Rachel Fulton for helping edit this episode. Follow her at Rachel M. Fulton. Thanks to Liz Full for the show's theme music. Follow her at Liz Full. And again, thank you. If you like what you heard today, remember rate, review, and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Share the show with a friend and post about it on social media. Tag me at Lauren LaGrasso and at Unleash Your Inner Creative, and I will repost to share my gratitude. Also tag the guest at think underscore pink underscore persona so she can share as well. My wish for you this week is that you share what's on your heart, even if you're afraid it might stir the pot or piss some people off or make some people think, wait, what were they thinking when they posted this? If it's truly what's on your heart and it's not hurting anybody else, don't be afraid to put it out there. You deserve to speak your truth, to share your story and share your work. Latoya is a great example of that. So let us look to her for courage and do that in our own way too. I love you and I believe in you. Talk with you next week.